0: This is Calvin Kemp, editor of The Twin Geeks. It's been my absolute pleasure to talk to Quinn Armstrong about his new film, Survival Skills. Of everything I saw at this year's Fantasia, this one really spoke to me. Quinn's a fellow Seattleite, and he has a really twisted, cool vision of police training tapes done on VHS. So, uh, Enjoy the interview, and check out Survival Skills when it comes to your area. Hello, and welcome to Survival Skills. A new training video from Survival Solutions created specifically for the graduates of the Middletown Police Academy.
1: Wish me luck, honey. Your name is Jim. Luck! Jim!
0: And you're a policeman. (laughs) (laughs) The most important qualities a policeman can have are honesty, diligence... This is the police! And a commitment to justice, no matter what. Have a great day. <laughs> How was your uh, festival experience given COVID and everything else going on with the survival
1: skills? It was, it was good, it was weird. So we premiered at CineQuest um, in March and we were, we were like, okay, we're going to CineQuest, great, you know, we're, we're ready to go. And then by the time we got there, COVID was all that anybody was talking about. You know, yes, yeah. Press was interested in the festival and the festival actually got shut down halfway through and I went to uh, Yosemite for a week okay. <laughs> with the extra time, and then we heard nothing. We just nothing for months and months and months, and then uh, Fantasia accepted us, and then we just it's it, that like opened the floodgates, and we um, it's just been sort of in, in the genre circuit. It's just been thing after thing after thing, it's been really really great. We're heading. We're actually in the Horrible Imaginings Film Festival right now okay uh, and then we're heading to the indie street festival we got some big uk and european festivals coming up and i'm you know i'm happy i i never thought i thought people would watch this movie and be like what the fuck is wrong with this movie? <laughs> so uh,
0: <laughs> that's where i'm interviewing to find out what what exactly is wrong <laughs> oh, anything um, we don't have the time to go into everything wrong with me. <laughs> We can't do a therapy session here um so you've said before that it started with experience at domestic violence shelters um what what's the inception of that like what led to a movie out of that
1: experience well so there there was actually a um I, I worked and volunteered at domestic violence shelters for years and there was there was actually a version of this story the very first version of the story was a very straightforward sort of earnest presentation of like a cop who gets involved in the thing and that and it was just played really straight and and it was very, you know, responsible about how it presented the information and all that. It's just so boring. Okay. Um, it was just very like, you know, the, you know, there's always like two or three movies in the Oscar season every year where it's mm-hmm. like, okay, yeah, we get it. I don't even need to see this. I don't even need to see the trailer to know what this is. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, uh, so I, I knew that that what didn't really work and I sort of put it away. And then one day I was sort of, you know, bubbing around on the internet and I discovered these weird training videos um, and I, at some point I thought what would be the stupidest thing I could do with these which would be to combine a really earnest drama about domestic violence yeah, a parody of like wacky 80s training videos and here we are. I mean
0: I've worked in counseling so I understand like HIPAA violations everything but uh, what Did anything from your time, like at the volunteering for the shelter, inspire the work, or uh, what? What came from that?
1: Yeah, I mean the the fact that the so the core uh, uh, crisis in the movie is this mother and daughter trying to give, and the thing is, like that's such that's such a common occurrence that you know it won't surprise you here that that's based on you know a real thing that happened a lot of things right yeah um i so i, I kind of worked my way up and, you know in volunteering and then i worked for some shelters and and did education but my the job i always wanted was to transcribe intake interviews
0: oh
1: uh, yeah and which is what i ended up doing and the thing is you know you're you're hearing people's stories and and you know you're sort of hear, you can hear how they're reacting to stuff and one of the things, I'm, I mean, you know, cause you, you've done counseling. I've is, done intake, yeah, for counseling. Yeah, I mean, it's just like the feeling among staff and workers and among, you know, often the cops as well. And you know, whoever's just like, we want to help. We want to just take you and like, you know, put you somewhere where you're safe. Yeah. And, like, and you know, you you testify against the guy and all this. and. But of course you know it's never that simple
0: no uh, <laughs> in uh, these situations it gets heated and i mean there are a lot of conflicted emotions and relationships there so. yeah oh yeah
1: so. um
0: i guess also socially it seems a little bit difficult to tell a police story right now um and i mean i'm i'm surprised and kind of eager to get into it that i mean, this one's working and it's doing something else so uh you feel like that's been a challenge or for
1: distribution that'll be difficult i well it's weird when we so we got accepted into fantasia right around the time that george floyd was murdered Wow. Uh, <laughs> uh, and my first thing i called my producers i was like we we can't we have to pull the movie we can't put this movie out there because emotions are high people are gonna you know look at it and be like this is copaganda this is a pro-cop movie um, and that's not where we're coming from at all. And, you know, they talked me down off that cliff, <laughs> thankfully, and and I've been amazed. One of the things that's crazy about Fantasia is how much people have engaged with it. Like, you know, I was worried. You always kind of worry if you make something that people are just going to be like, well, the cinematography bothered me in this way, and the acting bothered me in this way, and you're like, yeah, that's all window dressing. Like, let's talk about what it is yeah. that we're trying to communicate. And people have really connected to that. And I've one or two folks have kind of been like, this is, I, I'm not ready to go on this cop journey with you. And I t- totally respect that. That's a legit take. But most folks have seemed to be getting what we're, we're getting at. And in a way, I'm really glad that we made it before all this happened. Yeah. Because if we made it now, I would, the, the abusive husband would be a cop. Uh, uh, he would, you know, I would, I would really have gone in a lot harder <laughs> on, on the police. But I think, weirdly looking at it now, it is actually harsher on the cops to present a story, not, not even harsher, it's not about that, but to present a story that's like, this entire system is broken, no matter how good you are, this, you cannot get through this intact. I think it's 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 harsher and more accurate to present that story than like, here's a bad cop. Here's a bad guy who happens to be a cop.
0: I mean, during this really busy festival, it's something that stood out to me. I'm like, I'm going to watch this because it has to be done in good faith to still be included here. And uh, yeah. other than that, also you being a Seattleite also pushed me over. And um, the, the film's aesthetic as well. Uh, could you explain in a little bit more detail, just so everyone understands, How you got the uh,
1: aesthetic there? Oh, oh, I love telling this story. (laughs) Um, So what we did is we shot the movie the way most indie movies are shot. You know, we shot it on uh, an Ari Alexa that Panavision very generously donated to us. We edited it on Avid, you know, it, it was just a standard kind of workflow. And then once the movie was cut, we took it and we put it on VHS tapes and I bought every VCR in every goodwill in the greater <laughs> LA area. No one can have them anymore. They're mine now. Okay. And what you do is you pop the top off them. You put the tape in and then you can use magnets, knives, and fire to, oh, wow. <laughs> to warp the tape. Um, you got to be careful with the fire though. Like, <laughs> I burnt quite a few tapes and it's really a stroke of luck that I didn't burn down my apartment. Um, And then, you know, those mark up the tape, and then you can take the tape, digitize it, run it back into uh, uh, color correction and and all that stuff. Um, I mean, the the post process on this movie took us about two years, because I basically the the static effects and the tape wrinkles and that sort of thing. They were all carefully selected, but also not entirely in my control. It's like a little organic a little tricky a little difficult which i like
0: how did you get started looking into these um training videos i know like the internet's a minefield of these um like the dark parts of the internet have a lot of this content uh, how do you how do you go down this hole and
1: uh, why why did it lead do a movie do you think <laughs> well the the funny thing about these videos i i i came across them because a friend of mine i think um, there was, there's like a podcast or something uh, called um, Red Letter Media, um, and they did uh, an episode on this one that was called Surviving Edge Weapons, uh, which is one of the crazier ones. And yeah. all like sort of, this is a fun, jokey, like, look how crazy this is. And a friend of mine sent me the video and was like, I feel like you would like this.
0: <laughs> and I watched- Well did
1: they know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is all their fault. Blame them. that. <laughs> Uh, and I watched it and I was like yeah this is funny but this is also really fucked up like there's a lot in this that is racist and homophobic and and misogynist and all this all it's a perfect encapsulation of that sort of paranoid Reagan era uh 80s vibe and when I was first writing this was around the time Stranger Things had just become a big deal and you know love stranger things there's no reason not to like it it's great but nostalgia is dangerous uh and and i think it's no accident that stranger things came out at the same time that you know a presidential candidate had a slogan that was make america great again
0: sure Uh, yeah
1: and and so i wanted to kind of dig into this idea of like well what what were were the 80s? Were they really this great fun time where everyone was watching Back to the Future and just having a blast? Or were they really scary for a lot of people? Especially if you were, you know, like a gay man uh, dealing with the AIDS crisis or, you know, whatever. whatever. I, I like the idea of deconstructing nostalgia like that. I
0: feel like the film is a deconstruction of a lot of things. Were there Was there like an outline of these topics you wanted? Did you pull from specific training videos?
1: We we did. I mean, there are a couple of scenes in it that are, you know, almost shot for shot. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. There's there's one or two that are real real uh, close, um, or at least start that way. Uh, it's a very it's a very conceptual movie. You know, it's this is this is a kind of a head movie for a long time more than it's a heart movie, and it gets there in the end. Mm-hmm. It's a very, uh, it's a very high concept thing. You got to kind of engage with it on that level at first. The way, honestly, my organizing principle was just to get from A to B. Um, and the distance between A, fun training video beginning, Stacey Keach comes out, oh, we're having a good time, to B, domestic violence drama where a person dies, um, is such a long road that we have to like really uh, thread the needle to just, just to get you there. Um, There are a couple of uh, folks who have um, dinged us about, you know, some tonal stuff. And that's, I totally get that. That's a legit thing to, uh, to comment on. However, that's kind of like what we had to do. You know, there's no time. There's no time in this movie to to like explore and kind of you know get into that. This is a race. Mm. Do you think Stacy Keach is a great actor? So there's there's a version I maybe you saw it. There's a version of this movie where I played the narrator. I did uh, see. It. Yes. I, I I we 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 didn't shoot Stacey's stuff till later, and we needed a stand-in, so I was playing the narrator, and I think everybody will will agree that I did a much better job than <laughs> the greatest actors in this country. Um, um, no, I Stacey, think of Nebraska anytime I see. Stacy is. Um, it's hard to. It's hard to fully explain, uh, to, like I have a background in theater. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's where I come from. It's hard to fully explain the incredible virtuosity of what he's doing when it looks like he's just sitting there behind a desk (laughs) but his his on a technical level his work is so effortless and amazing and fluid like the reason the movie works is because he walks us through it
0: um he plays uh, a kind of narrator and um his theatrics do kind of bring it together like uh, it gives it a bookend
1: yeah and And I I tend to, I like to work with theater actors um, for that reason, because of their technical skill. Um, They can deliver what you want. Uh, Movie actors, you know, people who work purely in film, you tend to have to kind of, not universally, but you gotta kind of work them around to stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, you gotta, there's some massaging, but theater actors I I find I at least can communicate much more directly with, and just be like, hit this word, not that word. (laughs) Sure. You know, take, you know, we need a pause here, like da 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 da, because um, usually actors are great. You know, cast your movie well. Actors are great. Work with what they bring you, and you'll be fine. Then you just gotta like massage it into shape.
0: So when you shoot a movie like this that's such a different aesthetic, by the end, do you shoot it any differently, or did you not shoot it around the um, idea of the uh,
1: VCRs? We we had we knew we were gonna do the VHS effects basically the whole way through. Then there's a big stylistic break. Uh, And we knew that was coming and we shot it purposefully differently. One of the biggest challenges with this movie was you couldn't make anything elegant or nice. Um, And that's actually a much bigger problem than it seems because if you're on set and you're like, oh my God, we've just lost two hours trying to fix this piece of equipment. We have to shoot this scene in like one take or two takes essentially usually on set you'd find like okay we're gonna do like a cool one or we're gonna like block this in an interesting way you couldn't do that with this movie yes. um and so it had to be a lot of like okay you sit here you sit here we're gonna be over your shoulder over your shoulder and a master shot and then and then we're out whereas at the end we actually oh my 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 poor dp she's such an amazing artist and she really had to like sort of muzzle a lot of her creative instincts. She did a great job and and found kind of poetry within what we were doing. But when we get to the end, oh my God, it looks so great. Uh, she really got to, got to flex a little bit. And I'm, I'm very happy about that. I
0: think the style comes through the whole way. Really enjoyed your work and uh, really wanted to talk to you about it. So. Yeah. Um, so what was it like uh, doing a festival during COVID? I mean, have you been able to see this movie with an audience yet?
1: I, I saw it twice with okay. an at Cinequest, um, which was weird. <laughs>
0: <laughs> How'd they respond? Was it any different than the Fantasia response?
1: Yeah, it was definitely like, I think the Cinequest audience is a, is a really, uh, uh, it's a phenomenal festival and their audience is kind of geared I think a little more towards like the tech world and stuff that's a little <laughs> more mainstream. They're not a hard genre audience like Fantasia is. And I don't think they were quite ready for how aggressive the movie gets. It's very um, aggressive. Yeah. Well, there's, I mean, there's a, there's a scene where there's an unbroken shot for like four and a half minutes of two people sitting across from each other with nothing interesting happening in the frame, <laughs> perfectly. And one character is just listing domestic abuse you know just, just listing horrible things that have happened to her and i was so happy when we were at cinequest because nobody people were like afraid to move during that bit that made me so happy but you were afraid you know, to walk it, out well they were and you know that's there, good we got some really good reactions and that sort of thing but there was definitely like i could feel some resentment for <laughs> i feed on like a vampire i love it uh, and fantasia you know despite my best efforts to to alienate everybody and, and and make a movie that was a deeply unpleasant experience people seem to have enjoyed it so
0: well uh, you haven't alienated us and i really appreciate you um what's next for your work uh, where where will we see it next what will we see from you
1: so we're actually uh going into pre-production on my second feature in january um it is kind of a, a spiritual sequel to uh survival skills but it's rather set in the world of police training videos it's set in the world of like teen horror slasher movies um and it's called dead teenagers uh uh and i think i'm hoping we'll get it i've got a whole other post like weird (laughs) post process like i did with the vhs but i'm hoping we'll get it out in time for next year's fantasia Mm -hmm. um it's iffy, but I'm yeah.
0: hoping. Post is a long process. <laughs>
1: so, uh,
0: well, thank you so much, Quinn, and uh, hope to catch up with you with uh, Dead Teenagers when that comes out.
1: Yeah, no worries. Thanks so much. Are, by the way, are you Seattle? Did you?
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in independent of of all this, when when people can do things like that again, let's let's like grab a coffee or a drink. Oh, something. I'd love to, man.
0: I, I'd love to make the next one in person. Doesn't even have to be for a new movie.
1: Let's yeah. uh, go talk. Happy to chat anytime.
0: Thanks so much, man. Take care.